The Denial of Peter by Karl Bloch, 1834-1890 Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Then seizing Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not. Peter replied. About an hour later another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. New International Version. A Lesson in Trust. One day I watched a lifeguard handle a group of kids for their first time in the pool. She went to each one and told them to put their ears in the water and their belly buttons in the air while she was holding them up. When I count to three, you won't feel my hands underneath you, but they're there, she said. Most of the kids frantically jerked their knees toward their chins and flailed their arms. Even though nearly all people float when they assume a posture of rest, many believe they'll sink, and don't keep their posture for long. The disciples had a hard time trusting Jesus. They couldn't seem to rest and relax because Jesus said and did things that they were not expecting Him to say and do. Jesus preached the necessity of humility and loving one's enemies, and He focused on ministry to the least persons around them. The disciples had not yet really bought into Christ's kingdom agenda because they kept pulling their knees up by thinking Jesus was going to lead a rebellion against the Romans and put Israel back on the map, believing it would be just like the old days of Jewish domination of the land. But Jesus is all about a different agenda, transformation of the inner person that leads to greater submission to God's will so that the least persons among us will be reached. Bad news before good news. Many already believe they know what God wants and how to follow Jesus, and so, aren't much open to the Spirit. They acknowledge their sinners, yet don't believe their sin is as bad as others. Oh, sure, we sin, but not like murderers and child molesters. Our sins are respectable a little resentment, a little prejudice, and a little gossip is even necessary to make sure people submit to the unwritten rules. We must first hear the bad news before we can hear the good news. Once we hear the bad news and accept it, we must receive God's remedy for it. In order to do this, let's compare and contrast two disciples, Peter and Judas. Peter's Denial, 17th Century Ethiopian. Peter and Judas. Peter and Judas shared a similar vision about seeing Israel restored to its previous glorious prominence. Judas was a zealot, ready to take military action, if necessary, and Peter had no problem taking up the sword when it seemed the time was ripe for a political rebellion and takeover. Even though Peter insisted he would never turn on Jesus, Jesus knew better. And, sure enough, Peter did a full-fledged moral belly flop in the pool of denial by disowning Jesus three times. Judas actually caught on, quicker than Peter, that Jesus wasn't going to lead a military coup. Judas had enough of wasting time on poor marginalized people, they weren't going to make good soldiers. After Judas clearly saw that Jesus had no intention of forcing an earthly political kingdom, he actively sought an opportunity to betray him. Neither Judas or Peter, nor any of the disciples wanted to take a step into the world of suffering as the means of reaching others and embracing the kingdom of God. They wanted glory not suffering. 
But Jesus chose the cup of suffering. Both Judas and Peter realized after denying Jesus that they had made a terrible mistake. But that is where the similarities end. Judas realized what he had done, and so, went out and died by suicide. Rather than throw himself upon the mercy of God, Judas tried to atone for his own sin. He tried to fix something that could not be undone. It was a refusal of grace. Peter responded by weeping bitterly, consistent with someone experiencing repentance. He realized he was poor in spirit and mourned over his sin. Peter later becomes a genuinely meek person with God's righteousness taking root within him as he, in the book of Acts, demonstrated mercy and became a preacher of truth and grace. The need for transformation. There cannot be systemic and structural renewal without personal transformation. And there cannot be personal transformation without a brutally honest assessment of myself. I will never fall, comes from a heart of pride that believes I'm not so bad. Our sins and failures stem ultimately from a lack of trust. We keep pulling our knees up because we are too anxious to let the agenda of Jesus control our lives. Proud people don't pray much because they are self-sufficient. But humble people pray a lot because they don't want to fall into temptation. They pray because they discern they're prone to being like a cocky little dog who thinks he is a big dog. Even Jesus felt the need to watch and pray so that he could face his hour of pain and suffering on behalf of all mankind. Following either close or from a distance. Jesus was arrested and Peter followed him at a distance. If we are brutally honest with ourselves, this too, describes much of our own following of Jesus. We want to see how everything will shake out before we commit. Christ is asking us to trust Him, to make and keep promises before we even know what it all means. We need to acknowledge and admit that we have commitment it is, we have made a mess of our lives by our stubbornness and holding on to our own ideas for how we think things ought to go. If you find yourself in a mess, whether it is of your own making or of somebody else, the only thing that can handle it is a close following of grace. We are to approach God with brutal honesty, humility, and a willingness to rest and relax when He is telling you to. The Lord will give you His righteousness, you need not try to obtain it on your own. So, let the knees go down and stick the belly button out, rest in Jesus.